This episode of Moon Tower Business is brought to you by your local State Farm agent, Alejandra de la Torre. Alejandra's team has amazing customer service, knowledgeable staff, and super competitive pricing. They also have a very convenient location in Round Rock, located at 2200 North A.W. Grimes Boulevard, Suite 500. Alejandra's team is bilingual, and they have over 52 years of combined experience in the insurance industry. Alejandra's team is very friendly and helpful, and they always go the extra mile. They even have after-hours emergency availability. So please call Alejandra's State Farm team for all of your insurance needs, whether it's auto, home, life, or business. Their telephone number is 512-244-3311, or you can see their website at www.alexdelatorre.net. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Moon Tower Business Podcast. This is your host, Joseph O'Bell. And today I'm speaking to Don Vo, who is the CEO of VBit Technologies. Don, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Joe? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of jumping into this. But um, maybe maybe we can get started by you can just tell tell listeners a little bit uh, about your background and, and experiences before you uh, launched uh, VBit Technologies. Okay, awesome. Uh, I'll just uh, jump right into it. So uh, I, I am a first generation immigrant. Uh, my family came from Vietnam. Uh, I actually grew up in the projects of uh, the South Bronx. Uh, so it was a pretty rough neighborhood. Um, but I was uh, blessed enough to have my parents buy me my first computer at a, around the age of 13. And uh, I was just so curious about how it worked, took it apart, put it back together, learned how to program it. And then it turned into uh, my first business that I launched, um, which is a, a computer, uh, basically just putting uh, computers together and selling it on eBay. Started as an eBay business by the time I was 15. Um, I had a successful exit of a little over $1.6 million uh, from uh, from that and uh, was able to uh, kind of uh, help my family uh, get out of, of the projects uh, into, you know, like a little bit of a better neighborhood. Um, and uh, uh, of course, uh, you know, I, I, it's kind of like a blessing in disguise, but yet a curse in disguise as well, because I was a bit too young. Uh, I didn't really know how to manage my uh, money correctly, went through a lot of, you know, like uh, ups and downs, um, and then uh, lost it all uh, by the time uh, I was uh, 17, uh, before I, you know, like launched uh, my uh, next business, which was a, a reverse auction um, uh business uh, platform uh, online. Uh, within a few months, uh, I was approached by a uh, German company who uh, purchased uh, that platform off of me for uh, $100,000. And later on, they took it uh, and uh, they turned it into a $190 million company. So I was kind of kicking myself a little bit there. Uh, and, you know, I, I was uh, then after that, I just became uh, a investor in the stock market, learned how to uh, how to day trade and invest here and there uh, before uh, uh, found uh, finding Viva Technologies, which is what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. So, I mean, you said at a young age, you got a computer and you started tinkering with it and kind of figuring it out and, and, and learning how to, to work with computers and you, and you started that business. I guess at such a young age, what kind of give you the bug to to get into entrepreneurship and actually turn kind of your hobby or the thing you're interested into into a business? 
Well, I, I guess I, uh, even though I grew up in a rough neighborhood, I guess that was also a blessing in disguise because it gave, uh, it really gave me the motivation of like, oh, you, you either basically live there and die there or you 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 kind of have to uh, give yourself that self-motivation and um, uh, light that fire to go out and find uh, a way for you to kind of like escape that environment that you're currently in. Gotcha. So you got the motivation from from your upbringing. Yes. So that's great. So uh, the technologies, we'll get into it in just a second, but um, can you tell listeners a little bit about how you learned about Bitcoin? I guess when when that was uh, approximately, and then what kind of resources did you uh, use to kind of learn about Bitcoin and 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 uh, figure it out? Because I mean, obviously, it's a it's a very complex subject with a lot of moving parts. And uh, mm-hmm. what what did uh, I guess what did you read and 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 uh, to learn all about that? Well, uh, actually, I first learned about Bitcoin uh, through my wife. She used to manage the foreign currency exchange uh, at the Philadelphia International Airport one day. And this was back in uh, pretty early 2010. So right uh, at the starting days of Bitcoin itself, uh, she had a client who passed by and asked her if she ever heard of Bitcoin. And she said no. Uh, and he's like, uh, look into it. It's going to be, you know, like uh, the, ne- uh, the biggest thing uh, in a few years from now. Uh, so she she went home that night and she told me, hey, have you ever heard of Bitcoin? And of course, uh, I, I had no idea what Bitcoin was. That's the first time I'm hearing about it. She's like, uh, this guy says it's going to be the next biggest thing. Uh, why don't we look uh, into it? I read the uh, so I went online. I, I read the white paper. I thought, you know, like it was a great idea. And I, I thought, you know, like uh, it um, it has the potential to, you know, have some legs. But the problem is there was too many moving parts uh, that had uh, too many moving pieces of the puzzle that has to fall into place in order for this to take off. So like anything else, I'm like, um, and those moving, you know, pieces of the puzzles was really big moving pieces of the puzzles. So I, I think great idea, but more likely than not, it's not going to work out. Right. Um, and my wife was like, why, you know, like, why don't we just put a few hundred dollars uh, into this and see where it goes uh, from there? At worst case, you're just losing a few hundred dollars. And I'm like, uh, well, more likely than not, it's going to fail. So if I put in a few hundred dollars, I could have taken that and get a really nice dinner. So I, you know, like I, I went uh, against her idea there. But at that time, I remember uh, I, we were able to, you know, like purchase it for um, I believe it was point four zeros and then five uh, of a cent for one Bitcoin. Oh, wow. Substantially, substantially low price. Uh, had I listened to her and just put in like a hundred dollars, I uh, it would have turned into over a billion dollars right now. And I, um. And but but everything happens for a reason, right? Uh, it did bring you know like awareness uh, to me about Bitcoin, uh, and I saw the gradual increase in uh, price. I saw you know like the uh, the uh, it, it go through the crypto bull markets, the bear markets, the the huge volatility, the price crashes, uh, and I didn't start to seriously you know, like think about putting money into there until um, the 2013, uh, 2012, 2013 uh, bull market cycle. But I felt uh, prices were, you know, climbing a little bit too high. So I waited for a correction. And I finally, you know, pulled the trigger in 2015, uh, around $260 or so. And uh, from there, I, you know, like I kept on following up on it. And uh, I, I, I was really a firm believer from then. That's great. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, I mean, it's, you've, you followed from a, basically from the start 2009 is when it got started. And so you kind of, you got to see it 
you know, go up and down all, all throughout these years. Mm -hmm. what, what was it like though, during those crazy times to, to kind of follow it during like 2013 uh, and then like 2016? Well, when, you know, like during those time periods, most people don't even know what Bitcoin is, right? Uh, I was uh, one of the lucky uh, few people who were aware of it. And uh, whenever I asked my friends, uh, hey, have you ever heard of Bitcoin? What do you think about it? Uh, they're, they're all like, what, what is virtual money? You know, like, uh, what, I don't even know what that is. Uh, so it, it sounds like it's a scam. Uh, stay away from it. And I'm like, uh, I don't really think it's a scam because I, I, you know, like I, I saw it go from under a penny to uh, until, you know, like when it made it to the dollar, uh, to a dollar, and then all to the time when it's $10. Of course, in between, you know, like it had its uh, fluctuations and uh, volatility where it dropped, you know, like, 70, 80% on multiple occasions. Uh, and uh, so I, I lied. Let me take it back a little bit. Um, even prior to 2015, I did dabble with, uh, with it uh, in uh, like 2012. I remember I purchased it. Uh, I, I don't remember the exact price, uh, but I purchased it in uh, for just like a, a few dollars. And immediately two days later, uh, it dropped by more than 50%. And I'm like, I just lost half my money. <laughs> let, let me get out of here. And I, I immediately sold. I, I sold. I, I took the loss. And then the next week, it came back even higher than the price point that I bought in at. And I'm like, wow, this is a crazy ride. Uh, but uh, maybe this is, you know, like uh, the, the starting point of uh, that next bull market cycle. Let me buy in again. So I bought in again. And then uh, two weeks later, it took another 40% drop. And I, I got scared. I sold again. So I, I, I did fall into that, you know, volatility trap as well until, uh, and that's when I decided to kind of like just monitor the market a little bit to get a better understanding before I really dived into the deep end. Yeah, I mean, I got in, I guess it was the summer of 2020 uh, for the first time. I just learned about it. But even then, after kind of it already, you know, taken off and having a lot more, uh, you know, adoption, um, it was difficult then. I can just imagine what it was like doing that in 2013, 2014, 2015. It's, it was just a completely different time, time frame. Mm -hmm. um, so you, uh, you launched VBIT Technologies, was it in 2018? Yes, uh, in early 2018. Uh, so I approached my uh, business partners and co-founders um, at the beginning of February uh, 2018, and we officially launched uh, our company uh, in April of 2018. Gotcha. So can you kind of just uh, give a little summary, uh, you know, two, three sentence summary of what uh, your company does to listeners to so just kind of give a, a, a uh, understanding what, what's going on. Mm -hmm. So our, our core product is uh, we sell Bitcoin mining equipment and we also have uh, data centers. Uh, we currently operate three data centers in uh, Montana, Colorado and Calgary, Canada um, that host uh, the uh, mining uh, mining hardware that uh, our company sells. Excellent. That's that's product. I, I want to go into details on this in just a minute, but before we, before we move forward to that, um, you know, for listeners that are not, uh, you know, they're lay people don't understand Bitcoin mining and how it works. Can you just kind of give a little quick one on one? You don't have to go into a lot of detail, but just generally how it works uh, and how how Bitcoin's mined every day. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
Bitcoin mining is pretty simple, right? Uh, if you think uh, if you think about the uh, U.S. dollar, you have the government uh, issuing um, the uh, U.S. dollar, and then the banks are responsible for distributing it and uh, keeping the accounting work of uh, making sure everyone's balances are um, correct uh, in their bank accounts. So with Bitcoin, there's no centralized entity. Uh, there's no central entity, you know, issuing uh, the uh, currency, and there's no central entity responsible for keeping track of everyone's account balances. That's the responsibility of the Bitcoin miners. So as these, uh, uh, so you can think of the Bitcoin mining computers, they're just processing the transactions that goes through the Bitcoin network. So if I'm sending you $100, uh, the machine is just saying, hey, uh, take $100 from my Bitcoin wallet address, put it into your Bitcoin wallet address and put it into the uh, Bitcoin uh, ledger. Uh, and uh, in return for that, uh, the Bitcoin miners, uh, they get compensated transaction fees, just like, if uh, you use the credit card to buy coffee at Starbucks, um, even though uh, you're paying Starbucks, but the Visa or MasterCard uh, gets a portion of those uh, the transaction fees as well. Um, so that's the process of Bitcoin mining. All it is is keeping track of uh, people's account balances on the Bitcoin ledger. And in return, they get paid in transaction fees and also a block of uh, new Bitcoins that are coming out uh, and being, di uh, being distributed in each block. And that's how um, the Bitcoin blockchain actually distributes the currency until the full 21 million has been uh, mined out. Gotcha. And so it's my understanding that whenever, like, say, for example, like you just kind of give a, a quick example, like, say, I'm sending you $100 and, and for that transaction to take place on the blockchain, there's when I initiate that transaction, my understanding is there's some type of kind of randomized set of numbers or characters that that is issued and then the, the the computer that guesses whatever that number is actually gets to confirm that transaction and make that transaction on the blockchain. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So basically, the uh, Bitcoin blockchain is always spitting out a very, you know, like hard algorithm. Um, uh, so all of these computers, they're just uh, spitting out random answers at a very fast pace. And who, whichever computer um, uh, gets the correct answer, uh, they get the opportunity to uh, confirm all of uh, the transactions within that block and they get uh, all of the rewards. Gotcha. So, so you started in 2018. I guess what inspired you to, to launch a Bitcoin mining company? So uh, one of my partners uh, had approached me about uh, another uh, company that said, you know, like they did. Uh, and I remember that company's uh, uh, was called uh, WCI um, there. And he, he approached me about it. He asked me, hey, what do you think about, you know, like this business? Should I uh, should he get involved? Because um, he knew that I was uh, in the uh, blockchain space for a while. So he just wanted my opinion. And when I looked at it, um, their business model, they said that, uh, oh, I uh, they, they do Bitcoin mining for other people. And they also, you know, like I have this uh, magic trading bot that can magically, you know, like give people 1%, you know, like interest every day and all that kind of stuff. And uh, as soon as you hear that red flags, you know, like come up um, all over the place. Right. Or at least it should come up. Uh, so I, I did my due diligence. I, I couldn't, you know, just I, I just couldn't verify that, you know, like they were doing any of the activities they say they were doing. Uh, and uh, so that's what I told my um, uh, my business, uh, my friend, and my current business partner, and I said, "But uh, their Bitcoin mining, you know, like um, business model, it makes sense, uh, and I think it's going to be a good business model as long as you're doing it in a legitimate uh, way and you're actually helping 
people, you know, like get involved because uh, it also promotes uh, the adoption of the Bitcoin blockchain. And as more people, you know, like adopt it, the, the value is going to go up and everybody is going to be a happy camper. Right. And that's really what sparked it. Um, just the idea coming from seeing there's so many, you know, like scams in the industry. And we just wanted to offer something really legitimate for uh, people out there. That's excellent. And it's, I mean, it's such a unique idea. I mean, you have other Bitcoin mining companies out there like Marathon that my understanding is that they have, uh, you know, they just buy Bitcoin mining rigs and then mine Bitcoin and, and the, the proceeds that come to that are like basically go on the balance sheet of the company and, mm-hmm. and, and, and it, and it uh, benefits the shareholders, et cetera. But yours is kind of different, right? My, my understanding is what, what your company does is sells the actual Bitcoin mining rigs to consumers and also uh, gives a consumer the opportunity to buy a mining ring for, from you and then hold that and you hold that mining rig in one of your data centers and they they pay a fee to use your energy and then they get the they reap the rewards of the Bitcoin that's being mined from that specific machine. Right. Yes, that's correct. So actually, we have two parts to our business. Um, Our our core product is selling the Bitcoin mining computers uh, to the end user, uh, which, you know, like uh, that's their property. They own it. They can choose to host it with us at our data center, which would give them, you know, like lower electricity prices than they can at home. Uh, Plus, um, you know, it it takes a lot of technical knowledge to kind of get these uh, computers uh, set up in the first place. Uh, And a lot of people simply just don't have uh, that type of technical uh, knowledge knowledge. Um, and then uh, the uh, second, um, you know, our, our the second part to our company, we actually do run operations where we mine for the company as well, just like uh, Marathon or, or Riot. But, uh, my, you know, like uh, our, our business model is uh, a little bit different because uh, it gives us uh, basically um, our goals is not only to mine all the Bitcoins ourselves, right? Our goal is also to promote the adoption, you know, like of Bitcoin, uh, because that uh, only through adoption uh, from uh, the mainstream uh, is uh, there going to be, you know, like even more profits in the Bitcoin space, but not only profits, it, it also, you know, like uh, allows people to kind of take advantage of this life changing opportunity as well, which is uh, one, one of the biggest goals of uh, that, you know, like uh, me and my partner, are working towards uh, and uh, we've uh, seen you know like we've literally have thousands of clients right now uh, that um, have uh, either um, retired uh, from their current jobs and uh, just you know like uh, depending on uh, the Bitcoin mining proceeds that they uh, they have grown uh, uh, that in how much it has grown over time uh, and uh, people who are you know, um, taking as a second source of income right now to supplement other things that uh, they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's such an interesting option for people because people that are like looking into getting into the space. Uh, first of all, I mean, the little research I've done on Bitcoin mining is, you know, if you're trying to find a Bitcoin mining rig, first of all, I feel like there's a shortage. Right. Yes. And then secondly, when you go on places like eBay or you know different uh secondary markets to try to find uh, a Bitcoin mining rig, you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, yes. you don't know how long it's been in use. You don't know how, you know, how much life it has left in it. And then say you buy one, for example, on eBay, you, you get it home and then you set it up. It's, it's not user-friendly like you mentioned. And then on top of that, I, I've heard it's like super loud and you have to have yes. it like in a certain area of, of the house and it still, no matter where you are, you can, you're still going to hear it. It's going to drain a lot of energy and you're going to be paying energy costs. 
it's not going to be efficient for you to set up some type of solar panels or something like that to mm-hmm. to 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 give energy to these uh, Bitcoin mining rigs. And this is a great solution, right? So, I mean, I can I can go on your website or, or your, through your service and, and buy a, a, a Bitcoin mining rig. You set it up in one of your facilities. I pay you a fee and then you worry about the energy, worry about all that stuff. Um, and then I just get the, the the Bitcoin coming in from the transactions, right? Yes, uh, that's correct. So, so we make it a, a pretty easy process, um, and uh, most of what you said is uh, is true. Basically, people are just going on our websites, uh, selecting you know like the machine or the package that uh, they want, uh, and then they choose you know like their uh, hosting term. Uh, and then, um, if they wanted to, they can also choose their own mining pools. Um, or uh, if they don't choose their own mining pools, then uh, we'll you know select uh, which whichever one that uh, we're currently uh, getting the best um, you know like pool fees from for them. So it, just making it easy, uh, easy for the uh, the new the newbies that uh, aren't familiar with the process, but for the uh, advanced users uh, that uh, does uh, that are knowledgeable about you know like how it works, it also gives them you know like control if they if they want uh, to control the process as well. That's great. And so, can you talk a little bit about um, the the Bitcoin uh, mining rig shortage? Um, what's the reason for that? And are, are we going to see anything change in the future? Are there, are there, are there making more? What's going on with that? So um, the mining rig uh, shortage, uh, the majority, uh, it, it has to do with the global shortage uh, in, in the supply chain um, because the, these chips uh, are actually used in all types of different computers and uh, other applications in other areas as well, uh, not only in Bitcoin mining uh, computers and uh, these uh, ASIC chips, they're, they're being produced by, uh, T, uh, at, at the end of the day, they're be, being produced by TSMC. Um, so it's the same chips that are going into, you know, the Apple iPhones, uh, your, you know, Samsung products, your Tesla cars, um, eat, you know, like cars nowadays, they're, they're basically all computers. So every single product, almost every single product that you're touching now um, in your modern life uh, is using the same chip as uh, the uh, Bitcoin mining computers. And because of you know like the pandemic and uh, the uh, disruption in the global uh, supply chain that is really what's causing uh, the shortage in um, uh, in, in the uh, crypto mining equipment uh, space uh, but also the, you know like there's just a lot more people aware of uh, Bitcoin mining now and then you have big institutional players like marathon like uh, riot blockchain uh, that are buying you know like these uh, computer equipment um, in bulk uh, in the thousands to the, uh, the tens of thousands uh, in each order um, so net, uh, which makes it extremely hard for just retail users um, for like you uh, you and me or just uh, the average person to buy, you know, like that um, one one computer unit or two computer unit. Yeah. So now the this, the crypto mining space um, it, it's really shifting. Like the dynamics are shifting. Uh, before uh, at the early days of uh, Bitcoin, anybody can uh, participate. Anybody, you know, like can use their uh, home computer, their desktop, their com- uh, their laptop to mine for Bitcoin. But as uh, as the dynamics are shifting now, it's more favoring, you know, like the institutional uh, players, uh, the ones that have deeper pockets, because they're um, like if you're the manufacturer, if you can only, uh, if you can, you know, like deal with just one, you know, like one 
one customer that is paying you, you know, like a hundred million dollars um, in one order, why would you want to break it up uh, and sell it to, you know, like um, a thousand different customers and have to deal with a thousand different customers and their customer service issues and uh, all that kind of stuff. So from, from the manufacturer's uh, point of view uh, right now, the, the minimum order sizes are starting to become large. Um, so we, you know, like uh, one of our suppliers uh, is Bitmain. We do order directly through Bitmain. Now, minimum orders are in the millions of dollars uh, right now per order. So long gone are the days where you can go, you know, like onto the Bitmain website and buy, you know, like one computer uh, directly off of the Bitmain website. And I, I don't see that changing uh, within the next year or two because, um there is a global shortage of uh, ASIC chips uh, and uh, these uh, just uh, processing chips because it, it's utilized in basically every piece of technology uh, that is touching our modern lives. And it's going to take a little bit of time for uh, the manufacturer uh, to um, just uh, get their manufacturing um, up to speed. That's super interesting. And, and also, I've heard that these uh, these mining rigs, these, this, computer, this computer equipment that's used for mining, um, is also used for like computer gaming. So, so yes. there's like a demand for it in that kind of space as well. So that, that contributes, I think, to the shortages, doesn't it? Yeah, so uh, GPU cards um, are you especially the high-end GPU cards are used uh, uh, for uh, hardcore gamers and um, uh, graphic-intensive uh, games, um, and that that has you know like a, a whole following of its own. Uh, that's like a whole space of its own. And now come in, you know, like uh, crypto mining, um, where uh, the majority of uh, GPUs are currently being used uh, for um, mining Ethereum uh, right now. And uh, that so it, it's it, it's basically draining, uh, you know, like uh, it, it's taking away from uh, the, uh, the gamers uh, because everyone, uh, all the crypto miners are buying it, um, you know, like 100 cards, 200 cards at a time. And the manufacturers can't, you know, like manufacture fast enough. So are your Bitcoin mining uh, services that you offer uh, exclusive to Bitcoin or, or do you do things in, in other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum? So currently right now, uh, we only focus on Bitcoin um, because I, 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 so my philosophy is I only want to introduce products that I am pretty confident uh, will be a long-term value to our customers. Um, we have thought about, you know, in, introducing Ethereum um, uh, mining and other mining products as well. Uh, but the problem with Ethereum is uh, it was uh, pending, you know, like a change uh, from proof of work to proof of stake, you know, like mining. And I didn't want to offer, you know, uh, Ethereum mining uh, and have our customers put in thousands of dollars to get all of this equipment. And then, you know, six months later, uh, Ethereum changes to a proof of stake concept. And now their, their machines are, you know, like useless. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, can you, uh, I saw on your website, you have like a calculator uh, type uh, section that, that kind of shows if you have, you know, this this type of uh, Bitcoin mining machine that you buy uh, through your company and, you know, generally what the cost is for that and generally of what the returns are, I guess, on a daily basis, monthly basis. Can you can you kind of walk through like a real generic example? I won't hold you to numbers or anything, but just mm -hmm. just something real simple uh, to explain, like, for example, one of the most simple mining rigs you have and, and, and kind of what consumers can expect from that. 
Mm -hmm. So uh, those calculators are based on uh, current market data and current market conditions. Uh, so they, they fluctuate all the time, depending on, you know, the price of Bitcoin, depending on the mining difficulty uh, level, because uh, all of those are, you know, dynamic um, uh, stats uh, that goes into Bitcoin mining. Uh, but at any time, you know, like, uh, let's say, for actually, I, I don't remember numbers off the top of my head because they, they do, you know, like uh, change all the time. So let me just pull up something. Let me pull up the calculator. And like, let's let's say um, our platinum package, which is basically uh, one, uh, you know, like one whole uh, S19 machine. Right. Uh, currently, right now, it's mining about uh, based on current market conditions, about eighty eight hundred dollars um, a year. And each one of these computers, they they generally last anywhere between uh, four to six years, um, and so, some of them last even more uh, longer, depending on you know like um, uh, the market conditions. And I, I do see that you know the technology is reaching uh, Moore's law uh, too. So um, further advances in the technology is going to come at a slower pace. Uh, so these machines are going to tend to last on the longer side. Um, but basically, uh, through Bitcoin mining, uh, every single day, you know, like these computers are solving blocks, uh, uh, solving, you know, like uh, processing uh, transactions that goes through the Bitcoin network. And, and, you know, like as a reward, every single day, these machines are given uh, a, a portion, uh, you know, like a, an amount of Bitcoin in, in return for that processing work. So um, let's say... You know, if you buy a machine for, let's say, $10,000, if it, if it lasts you, you know, like four, uh, four to six years and uh, every single year, uh, you know, like you're mining about uh, $8,000 or $7,000, uh, you do, uh, you would expect to come out net positive. And uh, based on historical data so far, uh, Bitcoin mining has always been more profitable uh, than just buying and holding uh, because buying Bitcoin, you only have two options, right? If, uh, if, you, uh, if you buy Bitcoin and you hold it, if the price goes down, you lose money. If the price goes up, uh, then you make some money. Uh, but in Bitcoin mining, mining difficulty level comes into play too. Uh, so generally, when Bitcoin prices uh, drop, like uh, uh, in the recent correction, um, all of the guys with the higher electricity prices, they turn unprofitable first. So they tend to turn off their machines first. Uh, and uh, that's why in the last two uh, mining difficulty level adjustments, it, it adjusted downwards, uh, which means that it's easier to mine Bitcoin, which means anyone who has uh, Bitcoin miners online right now are making more Bitcoin per hash power. Uh, and so, so, you know, like when Bitcoin prices go down, you're mining more Bitcoin. So it gives you a cushion against that loss. And when Bitcoin prices, you know, like uh, goes back up, then it just magnet, uh, magnifies your gain uh, because now you have more Bitcoin uh, than what you would have had if Bitcoin prices just continue to go up. Right. So uh, historical data shows uh, that within, you know, like a three, uh, three to four year period, you uh, if you were just mining Bitcoin as opposed to and using that same amount of money instead of just buying and holding Bitcoin, you're, you're going to end up uh, with more Bitcoin at, uh, at the end of uh, a three to four year time period than uh, what you would have gotten if you just used that same amount of money to purchase, um, uh, purchase Bitcoin uh, at the time. You answered a, a, the question I was going to ask you just a little bit later, and I, I appreciate that. I was always I was wondering how that worked with the price volatility um, and how the returns would look like when you got prices going up and down. And I didn't realize that uh, when, when you got prices going down, 
the 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 prices of electricity are high um the number of miners are less right but then the people yeah. that are mining are getting bigger chunks of bitcoin for yeah. rewards and that's that's pretty interesting yeah and and just to make it uh simpler to understand for you know like uh, the listeners out there think of it kind of like a gold mine right if you have uh if you found a gold mine that has 100 nuggets of gold in there um and you're the only one who knows about it uh, uh potentially you could be getting all 100 nuggets of gold right but if you have 100 people going into that mine uh to mine for it then each one is getting only one nugget of gold each person but more people you know like no uh more people are utilizing it uh which means that the and uh, it, it makes it a little harder because uh, you you gotta you fight with like the other miners to uh, get that piece of gold, right? So the value of that piece of gold that you get uh, uh, increases too. Uh, with uh, so it, it's the same concept in Bitcoin mining. The more miners and the more people that knows about mining and Bitcoin itself, uh, which means it translates to more people are using it, uh, which translates to higher value and the prices of Bitcoin going up. But when Bitcoin prices go down, um, less people are mining because um, right now average uh, electricity rate around the world is about uh, between 12 to 13 cents per kilowatt hour with, um, you know, like uh, island countries, kind of like Japan, averaging around 24 cents per kilowatt hour, right? So when Bitcoin prices drop, those guys are going to turn off uh, their machines first because nobody wants to lose money. If you're paying more money in electricity to keep these machines running than you're getting uh, from them from the mining process. Why are you t- uh, keeping them on, right? It just doesn't make sense. Absolutely. So that, that, that really works. That's interesting stuff. Um, question for you. So say I buy a mining rig through through VBET Technologies. Uh, first of all, I guess, are, are your, all your machines uh, new? And then the second question is, um, say I have a mining rig and, you know, I, I, I'm using it uh, through, your, through one of your data, data centers. And uh, let's just say two years in, there's a, an issue that, that needs to be maintained. There has to be some something goes wrong with it. Um, how does that work? So, um, yes, uh, all of the machines that we sell uh, to customers are brand new. Uh, and, uh, you know, like we haven't used them or we're not, uh, you know, like resellers of uh, machines um, that are used. Uh, so all of them are new. Uh, and that very good question there, uh, because a lot of people think that, Oh, it's, uh, you know, like I'm just plugging in this machine and it's going to run forever for me, right? It's never going to break down or anything like that. So I, I don't need uh, to allocate any money for maintenance or anything like that. But in reality, just like every piece of machine, just like your car, right? You, you use it. Um, eventually things are going to break down and it's going to cost money to fix and uh, everything like that. So, and we understand that most of our client base and most people walking into the Bitcoin mining space right now, they're, they're new to it and they don't, uh, and obviously they, they're not familiar with the process. They don't know how to fix it themselves. They don't know, you know, like what types of costs goes in there or anything like that to, to make it easy for them. Uh, we kind of bundled everything uh, into our uh, hosting prices too. So if you're hosting your machines at our data centers um, where, you know, like uh, we already um, uh, priced in, you know, like the cost of uh, repairs, maintenance uh, and everything like that. So if your computer breaks down uh, two years down the line, if we can't fix it. We actually replace it. Uh, with a new one uh, for you, um, because I because I, uh, this industry is pretty small, right? Everybody still knows everybody in this industry right now, and uh, the one of the reasons why we did that is because our other competitors, um, they're you know getting uh, they're getting hit uh, like they. 
they basically just sell the computers and uh, they host it uh, and customers are just uh, expecting it to run forever. They, uh, um, and when they have to call the customer, maybe, you know, six months down the line or a year down the line, say, hey, uh, you know, like one of your hashboards burned out. Uh, do you want to repair it? Uh, and you got to pay us, you know, like $500 or $1,000 to repair that hashboard. Um, it, it just catches the customers um by surprise. And uh, most of the times, you know, like, because they're not familiar with the process, they didn't allocate for uh, these type of, you know, like hidden costs. So we wanted to make it a little bit easier. So we just uh, uh, offer everything all in one simple package. That's excellent. Yeah, I've heard exactly what you were talking about before. So I was just curious how y'all handled it. And that's, that's really good. Um, So next, can you kind of just generally uh, give a quick description of your your data centers, um, kind of just generally the size, the, the locations and uh, approximately number of rigs you have in, in each location? Mm-hmm. So um, we have uh, three different uh, data centers, uh, one in Colorado, Cal- uh, one in Calgary, Canada, and uh, one in uh, Montana. Um, so our uh, Montana one is uh, 100% uh, powered by hydroelectricity. It's a uh, 3.8 megawatt uh, data center. Um, currently, uh, right now, uh, there is roughly about 1,100 rigs, um, you know, like uh, running in there. Um, and uh, it, it, uh, it's also um, expandable. Uh, we're currently uh, working with uh, the power utility right now to uh, uh, expand uh, the uh, power capacity uh, there. And because uh, the where um, according to, you know, building plans, we're able to build out another uh, three buildings, uh, the exact size of uh, what we have uh, right there. So we're currently, you know, like working with the power provider right there um, in um, in Calgary. Uh, it's it, um, it's using uh, flared gas. It, it's it basically it's using um, excess gas uh, that is uh, just seeping out of the ground uh, that, you know, like the gas provider has to pay someone to come in to kind of like flare it off. And uh, that that causes ex- uh, that causes the same emissions into, you know, like uh, the air anyway, if it's used or not used. So instead of just putting it to waste, um, we, you know, like uh, we went in and we purchased um, uh, those uh, those power contracts and uh, we we take that uh, natural gas and turn it into electricity to power our data center up there and that data center is actually expandable uh, to 200 megawatts um, and uh, there are thousands of machines uh, running up there uh, right now and we you know like uh, we still have uh, another I believe about uh, 4,000 machines uh, set to be uh, delivered uh, to that uh, data center um, within uh, the next uh, two months or so. Um, and then in uh, Colorado, uh, which is uh, kind of our data center where we utilize to kind of like uh, test different uh, setups and, um, you know, like uh, test uh, different um, firmware into our uh, into our rigs. Uh, so it, it's more of a testing facility uh, for us right there. Yep. That's awesome. I mean, that's exciting stuff. Um, and that, I mean, you got a lot going on there for those three facilities. Um there's been a, a a pretty big debate kind of in the in the media and online about uh bitcoin mining and renewable energy uh being used for bitcoin mining i i guess what what do you think the future looks like in that in that space i mean i guess do you know kind of generally the percentage of bitcoin mining you know overall all over the world that is kind of that uses renewable energy and then 
what kind of stuff are we going to see in the future? I mean, we're looking at uh, El Salvador. They're talking about doing uh, mining with uh, thermal uh, energy from a, from a volcano. Like what kind of stuff like that are we, are we going to look at in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, uh, a, a lot of the mining in North America is already utilizing green energy. Uh, we, you know, like we have a lot of uh, big um, data center uh, hosting providers right now that are using hydroelectric already. Um, all, our facilities that we're using for mining in the U.S. is 100% powered by hydroelectric. I know Core Scientific which is uh, another, um, you know, like major um, uh, data center, uh, like a Bitcoin mining uh, operator. uh, The majority of, you know, like uh, their facilities and their uh, facilities are utilizing hundreds of megawatts of uh, power right now. It's pretty much all hydroelectric as well. So everything, you know, like in North America, it's uh, it's already pretty green. Um, Yes, of course, there there is still coal power uh, that is uh, being utilized. uh, But uh, I I see that there's going to be in North America anyway, there's going to be, you know, like a shift um, coming really soon. And especially uh, the, the bulk of, you know, non-green, you know, like uh, uh, Bitcoin mining is actually being done in China, uh, which um, it's a good thing that the Chinese government is starting to crack down on it um, as well. Um, So uh, I think in the next year to two years, you're going to see a big shift uh, in the power usage and how how much greener the uh, Bitcoin mining uh, industry uh, will be um, in, in, like I said, in North America, everything's uh, like the bulk of it is already pretty green. It's just China is uh, the problematic uh, space and uh, they're starting to address it uh, right now as well. That's interesting. It's, it's going to uh, nice to see how it plays out. And, and I'm assuming that uh, with it, Bitcoin mining turning more green, uh, people are going to warm up to buying Bitcoin and, and getting into that space uh, much easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, being that, you know, Tesla also operate a solar uh, solar panel company, I, I would not be surprised uh, to hear, you know, Elon Musk tweeting uh, pretty soon. Uh, hey, uh, we're, we're starting a Bitcoin mining data center that's going to be 100 percent solar powered uh, through, you know, like out of the solar panels that we produce. I suspect you're right on that point. Um, so. What does the competition look like for you? I know there's other companies similar that, that offer similar services. I think Compass is one of them. Uh, what does your market look like right now? Uh, and what, what does your competition look like? So uh, honestly, I don't feel that, you know, um, there is really competition, right? Because uh, uh, the Bitcoin mining space is set up in a way where anybody can join it uh, as well. And uh, we're doing different things than, you know, like Compass's. Compass is uh, just a straight, you know, like um, a machine uh, machine reseller, uh, as well as uh, just uh, a, a hosting provider. But they, they don't offer um, all of the different, you know, like repair services uh, in there uh, th- because they, they want to make, you know, like like their uh, prices look uh, as cheap as possible, but then you know, like there, I, I feel it's a. Um it's not fair uh, to the end consumer, right? Because most of, the, of these people coming into the Bitcoin mining space, they're not aware of all of the costs that goes into it. And uh, they're going to get hit by surprise. Um, and uh, then, you know, like they don't do uh, proper, you know, like education about the deviation uh, of, uh, you know, like the hash powers, uh, j- just like any other computer, right? Like, let's say your laptop computer, even though the manufacturer says it's going to uh, run at 2.4 gigahertz speed, it doesn't mean that it's going to always run at 2.4 gigahertz. Uh, sometimes, you know, it might be two gigahertz. Sometimes it might be a little faster. The 2.4 is just the average o- over the, uh, the lifespan, uh, like uh, the long term, right? 
Uh, so there, there's a lot of education that has to, you know, like um, go into the Bitcoin mining uh, space right now. That's uh, uh, that's something different that we're trying to do. We're trying to uh, um, promote more education uh, of uh, the, uh, the blockchain space uh, of how Bitcoin mining works. And uh, we want to, you know, like we're working towards uh, being more transparent of, you know, like all the different cost structures and just trying to look out for, you know, like the end user so that they don't get caught, you know, like by surprise by any, you know, like hit, um, uh, repair costs or hidden costs that comes up later on. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. That's that's uh, interesting stuff. Um, I, I, Don, I've taken a lot of your time today. I, I appreciate you. I got some a couple final questions for you to wrap up here. Um, we got some big news recently in El Salvador, uh, the, the country passing a law making uh, Bitcoin official currency uh, along with the U.S. dollar in, in their country. What are your thoughts on that? And, and what are we what are we going to see in the future? Is that a, are we going to see a domino effect, do you think, from, from that? I definitely think that there will be a domino effect. Um, you know, like they're, they're the first. Uh, I, I think all of the uh, major countries like the U.S., China, they're going to you know, uh, monitor it uh, very closely and see, you know, like how uh, El Salvador's um, economy uh, evolves uh, with the adoption of Bitcoin. And uh, I, I think all of the uh, uh, emerging countries are going to watch very closely as well. I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see within, you know, like the next couple of years, there's going to be more and more uh, uh, emerging countries. So the emerging countries are always going to be the front movers, right? Because there there's a need for them to, you know, like adopt Bitcoin because um, they they don't have a strong currency like the U.S. dollar or like the Chinese yuan. Uh, so um, so Bitcoin is kind of like uh, their salvation spot, right, uh, for them to do, you know, like international trade where they, they won't, you know, like uh, where they won't get killed on the exchange rate because the exchange rate for Bitcoin is going to be the same everywhere around the world. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't, you know, like I'm expecting to see a huge domino effect. I'm expecting to see uh, emerging countries being, you know, like the um, you know, front runners. Uh, they're going to adopt it first. And as um, the U.S. government sees uh, that it, uh, Bitcoin becomes more stable with mainstream adoption, they're going to start to, you know, like cozy up and they're going to start to, uh, you know, like uh, introduce uh, friendlier regulations and, uh, hey, maybe one day even recognize it as legal tender, right? Especially since the, the U.S. is um, always uh, against, be, uh, against being left behind and everything. They, they always want to, you know, be a part of the action and be a leader in, in the action. So they're, they're going to find some way to uh, eventually, you know, like catch up and then uh, be leading uh, the action in the Bitcoin space. Totally agree with you. And it's also interesting how their, their law is... Uh... You know, when when somebody has buys Bitcoin or uses Bitcoin in El Salvador, uh, and then they exchange it to U.S. dollars, there's no capital gains tax on that. I feel like uh-huh. that's a big piece of it, and I feel like there might be a lot of companies really considering moving over there to take uh, 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 have a benefit of of that uh, tax break. I, I I really agree with you right there. Awesome. Well, Don, uh, final question for you before I let you go. Um, what what would you say is kind of a your favorite book or a big a book that made a, a big impact on you in your life? Uh, 
So um, I have read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki quite a few times. Uh, and uh, it, it did help me kind of like uh, change uh, my thought process about how things uh, should be, uh, you know, like financially. Uh, there's uh, And for those of, uh, of the listeners that haven't read that book yet, great go-to book, great, you know, like beginner book, uh, in, uh, you know, like into the world of finance. I, I've probably read it at least 11 or 12 times uh, already because each time I read it there's like little nuggets uh, that I uh, I pick up that I haven't picked up the last time reading it and it, it just totally shifted you know like my mindset that's awesome I haven't read it yet and I'm, I, I want to check that out thank you for that um, and I guess uh, to wrap up here how can listeners learn more about you and learn more about vbit technologies online so um, our website is uh, vbitmining.com uh, but uh, we are also on uh, Facebook uh, Twitter um, uh, Twitter, our Twitter handle is uh, at vbit underscore tech. Uh, and also I'm on Twitter as well. Um, uh, my handle is uh, at uh, Don vbit. Uh, please, uh, you know, like uh, anyone who wants to find out more information or ask me any questions, uh, feel free to uh, reach out to me on Twitter as well. Excellent. Don, thank you so much for joining. Listeners, uh, please, I encourage you to take, take a look at vbit technologies. Um, if you're interested in Bitcoin mining, please, uh, please utilize their services. Awesome. This episode is brought to you by our affiliate Gemini. Gemini is a well-respected cryptocurrency exchange started by Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. If you're interested in purchasing Bitcoin, Ethereum, or other altcoins, please check out their website at gemini.sjv.io backslash moontower to learn all about it. Thank you.